section forty three of the world war this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the world story volume fifteen the world war edited by horatio w dresser section forty three general smuts's campaign in german east africa nineteen fourteen to nineteen fifteen by cyril campbell the history of operations in east africa during nineteen fourteen and nineteen fifteen affords little but a meagre record of sporadic raids isolated bush fights and attacks on blockhouses the result on the whole being in favour of the germans who at the beginning of this year still occupied a small section of british territory as regards naval warfare they had less cause for self-congratulation as their surprise of the pegasus in zanzibar had been completely offset by the bombardment of dar es salaam and the bottling up and destruction of the kernensburg in the rufji river it was plain however that the germans would not be left for long in enjoyment of their partial success and the conclusion of the campaign in southwest africa left the union free to assist the mother country in another theatre the imperial government first invited the enrolment of an overseas contingent and it was only when this had been dispatched to europe that attention was concentrated on german east africa a detachment of home troops under general smith dorian was sent out and those south africans who for various reasons had been unable to volunteer for europe were delighted at the prospect of serving under one of the heroes of mons but this was not to be on landing at cape town smith dorian's health became impaired and by the time he had reached johannesburg to confer with smuts who had already offered his services he fell seriously ill and was unable to take up his command in selecting a substitute the imperial government was happily inspired for smuts was at once offered the appointment with the rank of full general in the british army this further mark of confidence in the dutch was hailed enthusiastically throughout the country and it was confidently hoped that he would accomplish his arduous task as brilliantly as his colleague botha had done in germany's sister colony the physical character of the country to be attacked to say nothing of its evil reputation as the haunt of the tsetse fly that dread enemy of horses and cattle had persuaded the military authorities in the beginning to employ only infantry but at the eleventh hour it was felt that the innate genius of the south african for mounted tactics should at least be given a trial and the first batch of troops had hardly been landed at kilindini the port of mombasa when a mounted brigade was raised and taken up anything more different from the campaign in which most of the south african troops had taken part a few months previously than the one on which they were now embarked could not be imagined instead of the arid sandy tracts of german southwest africa they found a country covered with thick bush while on the southern horizon kilimanjaro within a few degrees of the equator raised its snow-capped peak nearly twenty thousand feet above sea-level the first march was to Mbayuni where a light railway was already in process of construction from Maktau to be continued up to the german frontier the advance guard waited for the arrival of the other arms 
and a reconnaissance in force was directed against salaita hill which revealed the enemy in great strength upon the eastern slopes of kilimanjaro the terrain was very difficult and the men deployed against the german position received a severe grueling from pom-poms and mountain guns which were admirably placed and difficult to locate shortly after this general smuts arrived in person and at once decided to employ the traditional tactics of south africa used in the first instance by tchaka the lion of the zulus who based his idea on the horns of a bull and enveloped his enemy by a double outflanking movement before driving home the impis stationed in his centre acting on this principle smuts directed the mounted brigade based north of kilimanjaro to sweep along the western foothills of the mountain and concentrated his forces for a thrust at moshi the terminus of the tanga kilimanjaro railway the second position taken up by the germans in their retirement was as formidable as nature could produce lying behind the lumi they were protected in front by seven miles of dense bush on the right by the para mountains and the swamps of the ruwu and on the left by the dangerous broken spurs of kilimanjaro by a very arduous night march through the bush the south african troops secured the passage of the lumi and a dash made by some mounted men resulted in the occupation of chala hill and other positions dominating taveta and salaita as the enemy were found to hold their line in great strength the infantry brigades on march eleventh were ordered to attack the precipitous bush-clad hills of riata and latima which formed the main position the ground at this point was covered with a thick thorny scrub which rendered an advance difficult and afforded little shelter from the rain of projectiles poured forth from guns of all calibres from the tiny pom-pom to naval guns salved from the konensberg what endless toil and labour their transport and emplacement must have cost the germans and their native auxiliaries the swamps and forests alone can tell a base camp had been formed at Kajiado, about forty-five miles south of nairobi on the branch line from magadi junction and from there on march ninth the mechanical transport started on its way the cars had all travelled down to their base by road through the masai district the paradise of the big game hunter wildebeest buffalo zebras giraffes kongoni thompson gazelles riedbuck and steinbach were to be seen in thousands at first roads were practically non-existent the modern motor-car however is not to be stopped by the ordinary difficulties of belt travel though a series of very bad sluits necessitated the rescue of some cars stalled through carburetor and magneto trouble the third stage from x to y led through great forests and black swamps of evil reputation to cross which a corduroy road of logs was constructed from the abundant timber of the neighbourhood the advance guard was composed of cavalry a sprinkling of infantry and a mountain battery it was the boast of this latter that it could bring a gun into action within forty-five seconds and find its range by the third shot the men are recruited from a particular district of india the regiment is very proud of its record and jealousy resents the enlistment of outsiders entrance to the ranks being an hereditary privilege after this advance guard came the general staff and the main body guarding the principal convoy the rear guard composed mainly of colored troops was preceded by a second convoy the ammunition supply and the motor-car section attached to the artillery the duty of which was to keep the guns provided with shells the actual advance into moshi was preceded by heavy bombardment of five hours but no resistance was offered when the troops entered as the place had been evacuated once however the invaders were fairly established in the town 
the germans who had taken up new positions on hills commanding the station opened up with their artillery early in the morning another engagement ensued which secured moshi though not without heavy losses the enemy were now in a somewhat precarious situation their line of retreat toward tanga was no longer safe since at any moment they might be headed off by the mounted brigade occupying moshi but any doubt as to the course of action which they ought to pursue was settled by smuts's next move detaching a force to his left rear along the tanga railway to prevent the germans breaking back on to british soil he concentrated his main body which had been employed in the thrust in moshi and dispatched von der venter the hero of the lightning cavalry raid across the deserts of german southwest africa to make a dash dead west on arusha a junction commanding the caravan roads to moshi dar es salam and nairobi the germans had now split up into small bands making for their main rail artery from tanganyika to the coast and one scattered unit taking advantage of a prepared position tried to bar van der venter's way after a brief engagement they broke leaving one of the guns of the ill-fated konensberg in british hands and van der venter occupied arusha without further hindrance in this way smuts's tactics had proved completely successful and one cannot do better than quote the concluding passage of his own dispatch during these operations the enemy has been severely defeated and has been flung south of the ruru river we have cleared him finally out of british territory and we are now in occupation of the healthiest and most valuable settled parts of german east africa comprising the kilimanjaro and meru areas meanwhile the cordon is being drawn closer and closer to west and southwest they are barred by the chain drawn through rhodesia to the belgian congo while the entry of portugal into the war has not only closed the one remaining frontier but has put an end to the surreptitious smuggling of supplies landed at Beira in soi-disant neutral bottoms moreover the prospects of a guerrilla warfare can scarcely be said to be inviting since the germans would be pitted against men who are past masters of that game and the prussian school of war with its doctrine of iron discipline and suppression of all initiative is the last training likely to turn out soldiers who can maintain dashing operations and unconventional tactics within a few weeks general smuts has completely altered the whole aspect of this minor campaign and the whole secret of his success is mobility a study of the two african colonial campaigns affords a striking similarity despite the difference of the physical characteristics of the two countries in this campaign mobility has neutralized all the elaborately prepared defensive positions of the enemy which became untenable owing to the menace on flank and rear it was a maxim of stonewall jackson's that mobility and secrecy were the two essentials of successful strategy and he acted up to his words by attacking his enemy where he was least expected aerial reconnaissance has robbed the modern general of much of his chances of secrecy but smuts has shown that speed and mobility properly applied can still play a most important part in modern war the success of his operations was facilitated by the accuracy of the information obtained by his intelligence department and air scouts and in all his movements he gave evidence that peace and politics have not blunted the skill which he displayed a decade and a half ago when he led a cavalry raid through the cape province until his burghers rode their horses down to the beaches of the atlantic a final word as to the composition of the victorious army not since the days of the roman empire has a force of such diverse peoples creeds and castes been gathered together under one standard but whereas saxon and gaul scythian and iberian dacian and numidian follow the eagles through compulsion or in hope of loot the various types under smuts englishmen and dutchmen canadian australian south african indian and hausa are fighting for liberty 
and history teaches us that in the long run the defender of liberty wins the day the fighting in east africa did not come to an end with general smuts's campaign but continued intermittently an official report from london november twenty one nineteen seventeen reported the sustained pursuit of the remaining german forces during which nearly one thousand prisoners were captured important positions occupied and the last heavy gun remaining in german possession in the colony taken intact the report indicated that the remainder of the enemy was being driven into the kitangari valley december fourth it was announced in london that east africa had been completely cleared of the enemy four thousand four hundred and three prisoners have been taken prisoners End of section forty three